Welcome to today's program, The Beauty of Grace, and I'm Pastor Pete Norris of Harvest Fellowship Church. I want to talk to you today about controlling your mind. Now, how many times does our mind want to run away with us? How many times do we get under pressure from the world and our mind immediately wants to go in a different direction? It wants to act up. It wants to you to think about the worst about everything. It wants you to get tore up about circumstances and anxieties and all those things. You know, the Bible is very plain in Romans 12, 12, verse 2. Be ye not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you can change the way you think, you can change the way you live. And 90% of our battles, 90% of our fears come from, the, from our mind, our soulish realm. And so when the enemy wants to try to come at you, he comes against bombarding your mind. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, stronghold is a Greek word that means thoughts, a house of thoughts. In other words, a consistent group of thoughts casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now your mind must come under dominion of your recreated spirit through the Word. The only way that you can change the way that you think is when you start changing what you're hearing, changing what you're listening to, change what's going into your eye gate, your ear gate, your, your five senses, the five senses. So we, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. We're not warring against the flesh. We're warring against the soulish man. We're warring against our mind, casting down arguments that and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. In other words, everything that wants to talk to you about the opposite of what God said, those are the things you've got to bring under. So you've got to learn to allow your recreated spirit through the Word to have dominion over what's going on in your mind. Now in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely and make your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body so we recognize we're a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. Be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now may the God of peace, the God of shalom, himself sanctify you. Set you apart completely and may your whole spirit, spirit is the part of you that's been born again. Your soulish man has not been born again. You say, well, Pastor, is there a difference between the soul and the spirit? Absolutely. Your spirit is the recreated, the real you. But the, the, the soulish man is your mind and your will and emotions, the part of you that wants to control everything about you, and then you're living in a body. The body is the thing that keeps you on the earth, but your spirit is really who you are and the dimension of which you're going to walk in and orchestrate the things and the power that God's trying to get you to understand. First James, James chapter 1, verse 21 says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the engrafted, engrafted word implanted word which is able to save our soul so the word of God is going to change and save the word saved here is the word sozo 
It's the very same thing that happens to our spirit, man. Our spirit is has been born again. It's been recreated. Now, as we begin to get the Word, the Word will separate us from all filthiness and all wickedness and receive with me the engrafted or implanted Word, which is able to save our souls. So the more we feed ourselves with the Word of God, the more we're going to begin to think like our spirit. And once our spirit and our soulish man's in line, the body has nothing but to subject itself to the spirit and the soul. So in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, but we are not of those who draw back to petition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. So we see here he's talking again. Let everything be established upon two or three weeks. He's talking again about receiving and getting your soul saved. In other words, sozo of the soul. In other words, 1 Peter 1 and 9 says, receiving the end of your faith, which is what? The salvation of of your souls. The only thing able to save your soul is the engrafted or the implanted Word of God. The work of the Word in the mind is called the renewing of the mind. So as we begin to drink of that Word and eat of that Word, that Word begins to change us and transform us and mature us. And so we got to understand that when we're walking through these times and these seasons of our life, that we got to learn. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, whatsoever man thinketh in his heart, that's what that man is. So change the thing that you're thinking. Do not think like everybody else is thinking. Think what the Word says about you. When the enemy wants to come and say, you know, that's probably a serious issue. What does the Word say? By His stripes I'm healed. Well, that's probably a terrible issue. Well, by His stripes I'm healed. He sent His Word and He healed me and delivered me from destruction. And so we got to understand that the Word is always going to be contradict to what your head is trying to tell you. You direct your senses to go with the Word of God when they want to go independently of the Word. So you've got to learn how to take that Word and use that Word to keep you orchestrated, to keep you balanced when you are going through situations because you've got to learn to control your mind. That is the beauty of grace.
Welcome to today's program, The Beauty of Grace, and I'm Pastor Pete Norris of Harvest Fellowship Church, Goldsboro, North Carolina. And what a privilege it is to be with you today to share the message of the love and the beauty of grace. Because, you know, grace is a, is, is a fact that's just become alive in my life. It's Jesus' grace, unmerited favor that brings us to a place. But I want to talk about something I've been talking about all week, and that's overcoming fear. And you say, why are you talking about this so much? Because I think there's, we're living in a season and a time. So many emails are coming in. So many letters are being sent to us here at the ministry that people are just in a place of fear. They're in a place of anxiety. They're in a place of, of discouragement and frustration. And, and, you know, for a year and a half, we've been dealing with all this kind of fear. You couldn't go to the grocery store. You couldn't go to church. You couldn't get out of the house. You couldn't see your grandma. You couldn't go see anybody that was going anywhere or going anything. Couldn't be around people for family reunions. Just couldn't be around people for any reason. And it's created an avenue you know, there was a terrorist attack in the United States with the Twin Towers, and that was a terrorist attack. But you want to understand something. This is also a terrorist attack in a different way. Thousands of people died from this. Not only did they die from COVID, but they died from anxiety. They died from, from stress. They died from discouragement and frustration and being alone. And a lot of people passed away without any loved ones around during this season time. What a loneliness that must be. But, you know, what I've discovered is you can be with a bunch of people and still be alone. So I want to talk to you out of, out of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil and delivered them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage now we see here and delivered them who through through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to that bondage now how many people are sitting around today that have a real terrible fear of what the afterlife is going to be like. You know, they think they're sitting around wondering, you know, I've committed, is there anything in my life that's not right? Is there anything in my life that's not pure with the Lord? Is there anything in my life that's not right with God? And what am I dealing with in my mind? I know I've been to church. I know I'm born again, but yet I'm not sure that I'm right every moment with God because we haven't accepted the fact that what Jesus Christ done on the death, the burial, and the resurrection and a sent it to the Father is really the complete work of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And because of that, Jesus' grace, unmerited favor, has redeemed us from any sin. And because of that, we're no longer sinners, but we're walking in a place of peace. We're walking in a place of truth. We're walking in a place of righteousness above anything we can imagine. Because greater is He that is in us than He that's in the world. Now, I want you to understand something today. As you're walking through this life, and you're walking through the fear Fear wanting to grip you, situations wanting to grip you, circumstances wanting to grip you, all these things that's going on in your life and in your mind and going on around the world. What's happening in you? You know, there's so many people. You know, we got Instagram today. We can take a picture and then we doctor that picture up and we only post the best pictures of us. And we only post our most happiest moments. But is really people that happy? Is, is, are we really falsifying everything or is people really that happy? Are their pictures really that good? Or are they posting pictures that makes them look really better than they are? They're posting pictures that makes them look happier than they really are. Or are they really that way? And so I want to go inside of all of us today as you that are listening to this podcast and really take an example look of who are you? 
What are you about? What's going on in your life? Are you seeing the truth the way that it really is? Are you falsifying everything around you to determine what God's doing in you? Or are you really allowing? Is there a fear that's really gripping you? Are you really afraid of what the future is going to bring? Are you really afraid of what tomorrow is going to bring? Are you really afraid what eternity is going to look like? Or are you standing on that word and confessing that word and believing that greater is he that is in me? And today is tomorrow is going to be a better day than today. Or are you just living in the moment of enjoying this day? Or are you sitting around worried? The Bible says in Matthew, do not worry about tomorrow, what tomorrow is going to bring, because tomorrow will have worries of its own. So don't fret over what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about any of those things. Those things are, are minute things in the sight of what the big picture is. But are you really looking at the big picture? Do you really know? And are you really overcoming that fear that wants to keep you? If people really knew, you know, I think about sometimes, what? if everybody had a camera in their house and then I got to thinking no if you knew what was going on in everybody's life really where you need to look to what's going on in people's lives is you need to have a camera that takes a picture of everything that's going on in their mind because there is the things that people may be able to control on the outside and make paint a beautiful picture. You know, it's kind of like you can take a, a a person and dress them up and beauty them up and fix their hair and put makeup on and put a beautiful clothes on and they look a whole lot better. But they're still the same person on the inside. And when Jesus comes into our lives, he changes that internal person and that person becomes a new creature and old things have passed away and now all things have become new. What is people seeing when you open that door? What is people seeing when you open your mouth? If they could really see the inside of you, would they still be your friend? friend? Would they still care about you? I'm asking you today, take a look. Are you living in the truth of who you really are or are you trying to be something that you're really not? Ask yourself that and that's the beauty of grace.